Now broadcasting live via so Ustream loud. or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped. Your mom is here. You said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, <laughs> not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bag Boardcast episode number 90. I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in four main segments. First being the weekend, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Uh, then we follow that up with the list, which is the comic books we're most looking forward to. This week, it's the books for July 20th. And then we go into our main topic, which ties into our movie fix, which is Harry Potter. We might be doing our we're... movie fix first, so that way we can talk about all of Harry Potter. Mm. That's something that I should have been told before we did the You podcast. should have been here when you said you were going to be <laughs> uh, here. There was a lot of traffic on the road, and I had to wait for about ten minutes at the toll booth. But the movie fix is where we review a, a movie uh, each week. This week we're talking about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Which Paul can finally give us a review of the first one because he's <laughs> seen the second one now. Exactly. <laughs> they, they really did not try to make them two separate movies. They, are they did not. <laughs> it's a continuation of one thing that yeah. is has sat there and aged. <laughs> Much like this beer should be. Yes. Who says that you should read a bottle before opening it? Yeah. I never do. Maybe we should start learning to, because Paul, you were on beer this week, and what happened here? Uh, I looked at this beer, it's uh, from Stone Brewing, and it says Vertical Epic, and it's uh, 10, 10, 10, 10. And yeah, I looked back here on the bottle, and... The only date highlighted is 10 10 10. So I'm like, oh, I guess it's ready to drink. No. No, no. Uh, the ninth in an epic series. It's uh, it's supposed to be open. Oh, John, where did you even see? How far it's, were you supposed to be? It's, it's, it's in the first, it's in the first paragraph on the side of the uh, bottle you well, have to is, read. Is the, the beer is a special condition bottled aged ale, which is supposed to be held on to and you're supposed to drink it after December 12th, 2012. Um, they've been, this is the ninth in the series. Hmm. Um, everyone's been brewed like 2202, mm -hmm. 3303, and now we've hit 1010. 10. Um, so this so is already aged it's, it's for already almost a year. Um, which it probably would have been better to have gotten it. I don't know if it's just been released. They aged it themselves mm -hmm. and then you picked it up. But it should, for those two years, be set in the same condition yeah. to age in. So if it's been traveling and then sitting in stores at different temperatures, you well, might Well, this not. was in the refrigerated case. So at uh, the store I picked it up. So even... I'm sorry, I'm looking away to read the bottle. No, it's okay. It all over. It's sitting on like the side of the table, so it's wobbly. It's wobbly. I did not uh, read this. But what we are going to do is we're going to pick up another bottle and drink it in 2012. Best of luck. This was the last bottle in the store. <laughs> uh, we, I, we can probably find it somewhere. Okay. Or just, who cares? Yeah. Limited release. Age at cellar temp. It was in the case. At 55 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, or below. Okay, uh, or below. 
Okay, or below. I was going to say, they probably didn't read the Bible's <laughs> story either. But uh, what can we say about this beer right now? If you open it up like me, don't. Uh, it tastes like a really a bad Hennepin. Yeah. I, I compared it to just like a crummy lager. Like that. But it definitely has like that kind of more sweeter like honey. Yeah, it's got that honey sweet thing. honey kind of um, mm-hmm. orange zest taste kind of to yeah. it. It's um, not that bad, but John, you acted like it was the grossest uh, thing. When I, the first sip I took, it, I was, I almost spit it out. I was like, this is horrible! It really was pretty bad. But um, it's grown on me a little bit. Like, I don't think it's as bad. It's not a shock to my mm. taste buds. No, it's, we've had much worse stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, pizza beer? Yeah. <laughs> um, Hebrew? Hebrew. We didn't even have that on the podcast. No, we did. I thought we drank that after. Yeah, drank it after. No, I thought we had it on. Because I remember Scott talking about it. It was the chosen ale. Yeah, but we forgot to drink it, and then we drank it afterwards. This is when we had that big party after the podcast the one time. Hmm. Probably didn't get on the podcast. Anytime we have a party right after the podcast, I don't remember shit. Yeah, it was because <laughs> I think it was right. Be- he got it because it was right before Christmas. It was like the day before Christmas Eve. We did it. Oh. that is that is some. A commitment to our craft, doing a show right before the day before Christmas Eve. That is, that is commitment, definitely. What uh, I'm supposed to say with this? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm just uh, thinking. Well, I'm going to go into the Weekend Geek. I only really have the one big story, and that's Netflix coming to the handheld circuit. Yeah. Not just on your uh, mobile devices, on your cell phones anymore. It's on the Nintendo 3DS. Which is pretty cool, actually, because yeah. you actually are going to be able to stream 3D movies to the DS. And I imagine if you have, like, a 3D smartphone, probably do it to that, too, eventually. But mm-hmm. it's pretty cool, but I already get Netflix on my computer, on my Xbox. I can get them on my phone. Yeah. I don't need something else that's going to stream Netflix to it. Right, but that's because you have all those things. But if you're a kid, that their parents have the TV calling and you can't watch your... Nickelodeon show. Now you got Netflix. Then you can I, take it into your bedroom. I probably won't let my kids stream stuff from Netflix to their DS anyways, though. Because, first of all, if they're a kid, they probably shouldn't be using the 3DS. Because it's going to fuck with their eyes. <laughs> Second of all, they're probably going to be I'm watching... Of eight. They're probably going to be watching, like, weird stuff that they shouldn't be watching. It's a lot of bad stuff on Netflix. It's very true. But uh, also in video news, uh, PS3 no longer supports component video for their HD quality playback of uh, Blu-rays. They will only now support HDMI cable. Yeah, the new like chipset. Yeah. I think they're calling it like, the K chassis. It's no longer going to support that. Hmm. But um, other stuff I'm kind of excited for. Um, we've gotten a few more looks at dwarves from the Hobbit movie by Peter Jackson. Um New picture just came up today on the Hobbit uh, Facebook site as well as the One Ring.net. Um, Thor and Oakenshield, kind of like the head of the dwarves that uh, go with Gandalf and Bilbo on the journey, and he looks pretty badass. I'm excited for it. I really like the look. They have like a darker look, yeah. especially with their suits of iron or uh, armor and everything. Um, it's got that kind of like cold, dark. Silver with black and everything, and uh, I really like the look. And it it doesn't look like it's going to be that like the book was supposed to be a kids' book, where it looks like it's going to be a little kind of a darker side to it. Yeah, it's kind of one one of the things I was worried about. Is it 
it is a children's book. Mm-hmm. I mean, even reading it now, it kind of does have that feeling to it compared to something like Lord of the Rings. But I don't know. They're definitely going with like that darker tone for this movie to kind of keep in line with everything that's happened, you know, in Lord of the Rings. So it's going to be visually. I'm trying to think of a good word to use here. Visually, like I got nothing comparable. Comparable, eh, maybe. Concise. Concise. I don't know. Short? It's kind. It's. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of like yeah. going from. It's kind of like going from the original three Star Wars, and then you go to uh, what Phantom Menace, but everything's so bright uh-huh. and shiny, and it's a whole different world. That you know, okay, Emperor and power. It's that metal and just everything was mechanical and future yeah it's what they call the used universe yeah for like the original trilogy so this just looks like it's a precursor to the age that Lord of the Rings happened in because it's what it's almost a hundred years later before before yeah well not quite but yeah around around because Bilbo just Bilbo turns 111 at the beginning of Lord of the Rings and he's just crazy. He's not 30. I'm, I'm thinking about Frodo in Lord of the Rings because it's his 33rd birthday. Or yeah, which is or his, his maturity date, or not maturity date. But so you're, you're probably looking about like 60, 70 years, if anything. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, any other news of the geek? I have nothing. Yeah, it's... No, it's I, it's right before Comic Con. It's right before Comic Con. Everybody's kind of saving up everything, and all of, everything I've been doing is Harry Potter related for the <laughs> past week, anyways. So <laughs> nothing else has had any meaning to me. It's very true. I've seen it. He's seen it <laughs> firsthand. You're wearing a Gryffindor Team Seeker. Well, of course, Quidditch. Because we're doing a. I don't have any uh, Harry Potter accoutrement. I'm sorry. I, I have two t-shirts. Okay. I have a shit ton of stuff. Well, this we'll talk lot. about that later in the podcast. First, we should talk about things we will be picking, picking up this week. The 20th. The 20th. Um, personally, yeah, I'm looking forward to a DC book. Um, we just wrapped up with uh, the latest Green Lantern mini-event, The War of the Green Lanterns. Uh, we've got Green Lantern Aftermath number one coming out. I'm really looking forward to seeing this because, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't read a book that came out like two weeks ago now, is it? Or last week. Was it last week? It's either last week or two weeks ago because I read it. Yeah. You're you're excited? I'm excited. Hal Jordan, no longer Green Lantern. Yep. Big news. Yeah. Guess who is? Sinestro. Yes. Yes. Which I don't really understand because Korgar's the next sector over, so how is he the Green Lantern of 2814? I don't get it, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Um, kind of not totally revamping it, but kind of setting stuff up for this DCNU mm-hmm. soft reboot that we're getting. Um, looking forward to it. Soft reboot on the Green Lanterns. Yes, uh, written by Tony Bedard, uh, drawn by Miguel Sepulvudo. Uh, for this book coming out. Yes. Green Lantern, of course, still being written by Jeff Jack. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking too forward to a book that didn't come out two weeks ago. It came out last week, and unfortunately, by the time I got to my shop, it was already sold out. I had to ask uh, this, my uh, contact at the store, the owner, to your, uh, your dealer, my dealer, to uh, hook me up with uh, a copy that comes in this week. And that's X Men Schism, written by Jason Aaron of uh, Scalped Fame. 
I know, Chris, you haven't been able to... I cannot, I cannot get more than, like, ten pages into it. Uh, I read the first trade. I've enjoyed the first trade of Scalped. And you enjoyed the Penguin yeah. uh, issue that uh, Jason Aaron did for uh, Arcanum Asylum. Or Joker's Asylum. Yeah, it's Joker's Asylum, too. Um, so I'm excited because it's Jason Aaron doing a big, you know, comic book epic for one of the big, you know, two. So that'll be fun. I, I want to see how he handles everything. I know he's been working on Wolverine. So I, I kind of like to see how he writes Cyclops. And it's basically that story of Wolverine versus Cyclops and what happens next. That sounds fun. Uh, the book I'm looking forward to is a crossover between Criminal Macabre and The Goon. And it's called uh, When Freaks Collide. Cal uh, Macabre from, or uh, McDonald from Criminal Macabre and uh, The Goon, um, Eric Powell's creation uh, team up book. Hmm. It just sounds like it's going to be fun. And uh, Is this being done by Steve Niles? or Steve Niles and um, Eric Powell wrote it, and the art is by Christopher Mitten. Hmm. I always liked the uh, Criminal Macabre series when they were coming out from, I think it was Dark Horse, but they started off at like IDW. Yeah, I, I think they, oh. yeah, they, they moved. Um, they were just always kind of real fun, just like short stories, just about a guy who kind of dwells on the darker side of life. Yeah, uh, former really cop, he's kind of always do popping pills, drinking, and uh, always gets caught up in these mysteries that he helps solve. So, should be fun. Real Columbo for the macabre set. Or like, Kojak? Yeah, I was going to say Kojak. <laughs> the Dark Stalker? Yeah. Or Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Uh, you know, and uh, Night Stalker, Deathly Hollows. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim DeMonacos. And we're a Kirby Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Bored Podcast. Well, we don't need to segue because we just get right into it. Because we were just introduced by uh, Kirby Crackle. It's nice of them to do that for us. Hey. Yeah. Are you editing that in? No, you are. I'm not okay. sure you how to do it. Whatever. Congratulations. <laughs> But, we're um, gonna edit that, Chris. Good like job. like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, we're gonna mix it up a little bit. We're gonna do our movie fix first. Um, we're actually talking about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Um, what what else can you say to introduce this movie? I mean, it's been like ten years in the making. Yeah, it it just came out. They do nothing to introduce it when you start watching it. No, <laughs> there is nothing. I, I think. <laughs> I think they don't need to because, hey, it says part two, right, (laughs) in the title. But even Kill Bill, volume one to volume two, had a little bit of, like, you know, this is what happened. I honestly haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, and you know what? You go in with, I mean, I think anyone who saw this opening weekend or the midnight showing is so, you know, you're anticipating it so much. I went in there just... Like, I was bounding off the seats. I was just so excited about seeing it. Talking about people that are going, number one single uh, single day, uh, money-wise, $92 million in one day. Yeah. I think it also, like, broke the record for most, like, pre-sale tickets it as beat, well. Uh, it beat the Dark Knight opening, uh, yeah. opening day. But Dark Knight was eclipsed by uh, Twilight. Yes. See what I did there? That's, I saw that. That was That's good. That was horrible. No, that worked well. And this beat the, the Twilight um, yeah. series. Is. Series is. is. But I, I think opening weekend it beat Dark Knight. 
Oh, Dark Knight yeah. had a bigger opening weekend. But this, yeah, I don't know the number for the weekend yet, because, uh, spoiler alert, behind the curtain, it's Sunday when we're recording this, so yeah. those numbers are estimated right now, maybe, I haven't checked, but maybe I will, in a couple seconds here. Maybe. Yeah. Because I got the internet now. Hey! hey! But go ahead and continue on with your thoughts but, about But, I mean, here we are, Deathly Hallows Part 2, continuing last summer's continuation and finale of the Harry Potter series. Um, yes. Came out near Christmas. I thought it came out in the winter near Christmas. The part one. It's only been six months. It was. I thought it was like it was November. Release. Late fall. Was it? Yeah. I remember. I think it was in November. Yeah, I think it was in November. Oh, I think it was before. almost a little after Thanksgiving. We could easily look this up. Yes, but everyone if we here could. A beer bat. No. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> you don't care. No. And we took a short pause on, looked up, it was November 19th that it came out. I remember it being, like, longer ago for some reason. It always seems that way. Yeah. And, John, you are right. The uh, opening weekend, uh, all-time leading opening weekends, it did crush, well, not crush, but did beat the Dark Knight by $10 million. Uh, right now, the estimate stands at $168.5 million. It's big. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of money for this movie. <laughs> Also uh, broke the all-time uh, record for uh, foreign release with its three three uh, three hundred and seven million dollar opening foreign, which is weird because isn't it technically a British movie? I don't know. So isn't um, it foreign to us? Aren't we the foreign market? No, because Warner Brothers is the one that produces. They're a domestic it. company. They're, yeah, weird. So it makes sense. <laughs> but back to actually reviewing the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very cold open. Uh, I didn't really realize it started because so many previews were happening beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it starts with uh, he sh- who shall not be named grabbing the Elder Wand out of the... Uh, which I think is a recap of right at what happened. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, so it that, picks that up right where that one yeah. cuts off. So mm-hmm. I think it works. And Harry has just buried uh, Dalby. And uh, we, we're off to the races from there. Yeah. Um, one of those moves, he really doesn't slow down or let up at all. Mm-hmm. Like, Which is what I'm really happy about with this movie. Um, I love the first one. Um, half the movie was camping, though. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't have a problem with, but this one just, it goes all out, and there's so much stuff that they have to cover that I'm glad to kind of go that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they totally dropped the uh, storyline of Rita Skeeter yeah. from the first one, so I was nervous about how they were going to work all the things that they kind of should have been setting up in the first one, and hence why I was nervous about this one after watching the first part, and you guys were giving me a hard time. <laughs> but, whoa, it's just a part one. I'm like, yeah, I know, I don't know how, how to review it, because it's just a part one. It didn't give me a full, I don't feel like I got a full story arc for in the first part, and now watching part two, they handled everything pretty well, you know? Anytime there was a question like, well, what do they mean? Boom, there's the answer. And man, they luckily answered any question you could have had if you just watched the movies and didn't read the books. Like me. Yeah. yeah. Or like, hey, I asked her after we watched the movie, was there anything? Did, you, did all your questions get answered? Because she was wondering about like Snape and whether or not he was always a bad guy 
or who was ever a good guy. And I'm like, well, you want to know? Except hopefully they'll tell us in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and they do. All those answers that you want are there. Right, John? Yes, yes. exactly. And it's um, it's everything I wanted out of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of the movies. And I think now that I've seen them all, I may go back and read the series, which I've kind of always I, I have always wanted to because I am a fan of the movies. That right. I do want to get all those extra things that I miss out in the movies. Mm-hmm. And Chris and. My sister and my one ex-girlfriend used to fill me in on all the stuff after a movie. Like, uh-huh. oh, they left, they left this out. And I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. But you told me I don't need to read the book now. <laughs> and, and there is a lot of stuff that they cut out of the movies from the books. Just because mm-hmm. you cannot fit everything in. Right. Um, and there's a couple things that, I mean, now that we've seen part two, that there was stuff that wasn't in part one that I was wondering, well, are yeah. they going to introduce this in part two? A lot of stuff that wasn't... Um, but I'm still more than okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like, these movies stand well enough on their own, and I can understand them not wanting to throw too much stuff in there, because there's just so much in there already. Yeah. Like, yeah. movies are bursting at the seams anyways. Yeah, and you, I mean, you, some things, some little storylines, some little interactions, just bog it down. They clutter mm-hmm. it up when, overall, it's these, these bigger sweeping events that have to go. And they're big novels. Yeah. They're huge books to fit into about eight hundred pages for the Death Like Olives. Two and a half, two and a half hour movies. Yeah. This was only two this hour was, and five minutes. Yeah, this one was actually the one of the shorter ones. This was the shortest, I believe. I'm, I'm not sure the Death Like Olive number, yeah. part one. But every other movie has been two and a half, or you know. Between two hours and two and a half hours, and this was just barely over I, two hours. I walked out of the theater and looked at my phone, and I was like, wow, it's only 2.30? I was like, I'm out early. I was like, this is great. I've got my whole night ahead of me still. <laughs> um, but I, I said this last time, and I stick by it. I'm so happy with the casting that they made. I mean, if they had known like 10 years ago that these kids were going to turn out to be like this great... Mm-hmm. Like of actors and deliver this well, they must have had a time machine like we do because yeah. who would have who would have thought? Uh, it is true. Like and um, after last week's show to get ready for for this, we sat down and we watched the first one. Yeah, and you watch and you go, you yeah. know, they're not bad. They're little kids. They're what like eleven years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the and I believe Harry actually was the uh, Daniel Radcliffe was younger than. He was playing. Yeah. I think he was only maybe ten. nine or ten, and he was playing the eleven. And, but you go from that one to the next one, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're a little more seasoned. They're better actors. And you kind of, oh, third do, one, I thought they came you, on to that. You, yeah. you watch them grow up, and they are, they equally, all three of those kids, mm-hmm. and even like Malfoy and um, uh, spent, like, Longbottom, like they all yeah. really mature and grow up and become very good actors. Especially probably right around like Order of the Phoenix and Half Blood Prince. That's where like Tom Felton, the guy that plays Malfoy, you're like he's really solid. Because like in the first one, he's just too like I don't want to say over the top, but that's very much how the character. But is. he's spinning all of his lines. Yeah, Potter, and just like when you see him now, it's like wow, this. This kid, like, you can see him struggling with everything that Malfoy has to do. Like, he's yeah. making those decisions, and you buy it. Yeah. And, um, like, the, I mean, the other thing with the kid that could play Malfoy is, like, 
did they know he was just going to grow up and stay like creepy looking? But you see him in real life, like he's he's not at all. He doesn't yeah, look creepy not, at yeah, all. He just has that look with that, that slick, slick with the slicked hair and everything. Yeah. He just does. He looks like a creep. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but on like MTV, they've done two of these now, where they have it's MTV.com. Um, where they have the kids of Harry Potter speaking in American accents. Yeah. Like, the guy interviewing them gives him a card with something to say. And it'll be something stupid like, hey, let's go to Outback. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the kids have to wrestle with it. Like, And they just came out with a second one before Deathly Hallows Part 2. And one of them is like, hey, I'll bring the brewskis. <laughs> and you just see these kids, like, stumbling over, like, I'll bring the brewskis. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but Tom Thumb, like he just he just rolls up like, oh yeah, I'll bring the brewskis. And afterwards, like I don't know what that means. What is that? <laughs> and then they make them try to read the uh, lyrics to "Party in the USA," which is hysterical. <laughs> I'll have to check it out because I remember that was the big thing after the other one. I yeah. just never got around to watching it. But he, he's just like such a normal guy, mm-hmm. and when you see him up on screen, you're, you just hate that kid. Yeah. And I feel bad for him because he's forever going to be saddled with the fact that he was Malfoy. Malfoy. He's already been poking fun of that in his cameo appearance in, uh, was it either Funny People or Get Him to the Greek? Get Him to the Greek. Yeah, I didn't, I see, didn't see either one of well, those. Well, Get Him to the Greek, he had a cameo appearance where he's basically being made fun of about, you know, shouldn't you be in a potions class with Professor Snape? <laughs> he's like, lay off, man, it's only a movie. <laughs> like, come on, I'm just here to drink. Need to see that now. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty funny part of the movie. I'm just surprised you saw Get Him to Greek. Yeah, you know it's in the same vein as Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and I really enjoyed Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yet again, we are not here to <laughs> yeah. talk about these movies. That's true. We're here to talk about Part Two of the Deathly Hollows. Which, uh, like Chris said, I mean, it's a roller coaster. You just, it's just constantly moving and going, and the fights mm-hmm. and the battles, and. Everything, just everything about this movie, really, it just moves. It's got a great look to it, a great feel. Everybody knows who they are, who their, you know, who their characters are, and you know, like the the way these kids started out, all the books hadn't been written, so right. they didn't know where they're gonna go. Yeah. You know, this is the final one, so they know exactly where this character is going. Mm-hmm. You know, usually in a movie, you know, okay, this is. This is the end result of this character. And you didn't have that till this moment. But uh, just to talk about this movie a little bit, and uh, John, you didn't read the book. Were you surprised by any of the deaths in it? Because I know um, J.K. Rowling has said that it was kind of like she wanted to almost kill off the old guard and then, you know, to make the kids stand on their own afterwards. You know, and it's them taking over for the fallen soldiers of the past. Um, Were you surprised by anybody that... I, I probably expected Lupin to die. Um, okay. But he is, like, Chris and I talked about him the other day. Like, he's he's an awesome character. Mm-hmm. Like, I always really liked him. I didn't. He, like, he's so much cooler in the books, too, because yeah. he does a lot more. Especially because you get... I don't mean to step on everything you're talking oh, about. Sorry. But you get it's more important. of that link because... He is Harry's only link to both Sirius and his father. Like yeah. he grew up with them, so he's almost like, like an uncle. Yeah. And you get a lot more of that in the books than you did in the movies because he does have that presence when he uh, does pop up, but that's 
they can't focus on him all the time. Yeah. And I was so sad that they kind of brought him out of the movies kind of closer to the end because he's such a great character. And honestly, one of my favorites. Like, he's probably third, like, right behind, like, Snape and Neville. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely... Um, it was a character you didn't want to see go. Uh, another character you didn't want to see go was... What was it? It Was it George or Fred? Fred. 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 Those two characters, like, from the I beginning. Think, I don't think they ever name them in the movie. Because um, I tried to pay attention to make sure that it was Fred. No, but... they do say it um, when um, Ron comes up. He right. goes, is it, you know, is it George? And they're like, no, it's Fred or something like that. I don't think really. so. Well, I it must have been really quick. Because yeah, because I didn't no, catch you, it. You saw that, like, three times. So you might know. But I, yeah. I feel like they did let you know who... Who passed away, or who who died? You can basically tell because he doesn't have the ear, because it got cursed yeah. off in the first one. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Um, what about Snape? Uh, I I was not I I wasn't expecting Snape because um when the book came out, I had asked like how does it end, and my girlfriend at the time read that last bit mm-hmm. of the future, mm-hmm. and it was with you're named after the two headmasters. Mm-hmm. Elvis and Sirius, and I, or not Sirius, uh, Sirius. So I always thought that he continued to be headmaster, uh-huh. but changed, you know, changed to be a really good one. Um, so I was actually, I was actually really surprised that he passed. You know, he that was whole, killed. Were this, you really surprised by the whole uh, memory going to the? I always knew that there was more to it. I've uh-huh. always gotten filled in little bits here or there with him, uh-huh. um, but not. Not especially, um, maybe a little bit more with the Patronus, but before I saw the movie last week, we talked about it. Yeah. So I, I was filled in a little bit more about that, but, but yeah, I was not expecting him to die. I thought he would be, he'd come through and and really yeah. show that he's a good guy, which they did show that in the movie. Yeah, and and that's honestly part of the whole reason why he did what he had to do to be put in place to kind of protect people as much as he could without. Going over the top, being like, I'm a good guy. Yeah. Because like, things could have been much, much worse off at Hogwarts with someone else there. Oh, yeah. Instead of him. Uh, the, other thing, the other thing that I thought was great that I haven't had a chance to talk to you about was um, the two twins that get killed when um, when Snape and uh, the female teacher... Uh, McGonagall. McGonagall fight. The male one is the guy that kissed uh, Roy on the arse. Oh, is it? Yeah. Nice. From the IT crowd. From the IT yeah. crowd. Yeah. To the left of the cleftal horizon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been wanting to tell you that uh, you all know, All the more reason for me to go see it a fourth time now. <laughs> uh, I believe my sister's going to wanting to go hey, see it this week. Cool. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I expected I expected him to come through and be the great another great headmaster. Yeah. Um, revealed in the book that Harry actually had to fight for him to have his. Uh, portrait hung up in the headmaster's office because they weren't going to put it up in there after everything that happened. No, because nobody else knows. Yeah. Right. Interesting. There's so much stuff in these books that I wish could have been brought into the movie. I mean, Uh there were so many more people that actually did fight in the Battle of Hogwarts too that they just don't show. (laughs) I mean, uh, Grop, Hagrid's half-brother, the giant, he's there. Um, So is Buckbeak. The house elves that 
staff the kitchen, they join in the fight too, and they're actually led by Creature, um, the house elf from uh-huh. Sirius's house. Oh, okay. The one that hates all the mudbloods, but he was, you know, really looked at Harry when he uh, buried Dolby, yeah. and, you know, was so taken aback by it. And then um, there's like a lot more stuff too, like the Thestrals are there too, the kind of like dead horses that mm-hmm. people can't see. Thestrals. Hmm? Thestrals, right? Or Thestrals. Thestrals. P or T-H? T-H. Oh. Thestrals. Thestrals. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and then there's even more students that are there in fight, too. Yeah. Like, even um, Oliver Wood, the captain of the Quidditch team from when Harry yeah. was there, he comes back to fight. Yeah. Um, even, like, more of a death toll, too, because though Yeah. They don't really... You know, go over it too much, yeah. but I was kind of happy about that, and Kate was too, because I don't think I could take any more death scenes, because I was a weepy, weepy little. There were there were some of... really big emotional scenes that I like. I, I, I just watched. On there, no, it's okay. I just watched the movies. You know, I don't yeah. have the books. I don't have those all those huge connections. But you do have the connection of uh, growing up. You 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 grow up watching these kids. You know, yeah. you grow up with them, and. Um, and yeah, like there's just there's some there's some big scenes and like uh, especially the scene where his parents, um, Sirius and Lupin are there and they're talking oh, yeah. to him as ghosts. Yeah. I was like I was almost lost it. Um, that, honestly, not to cut in, but that's one of those moments in the movie where Harry's basically going off to die, mm-hmm. where I felt like so jealous of the people that weren't familiar with what yeah. happened. Because it's like one of those, like, are they really going to do this? Yeah. Is this happening? Mm-hmm. Type things. And in the movie... Oh, come on. When you were reading the book, you're like, there's like another hundred pages to go. Yeah, exactly. There's no way they can kill him now. Exactly. Like, but to have that, like, no, he's something's going to happen. Like, someone's going to come in last minute. He's going to get away. And I, I kept going, where's Hagrid? Yeah. And then you see right there that yeah. scene, yeah. Um, and that's what I was talking about. Like, every time I had a question while watching the movie... I felt like they had an answer for it right when I needed it. Yeah, and yeah, I love that Hagrid carried Harry too. Yeah, it, it just makes sense. Um, um, one of the things that I really wanted more from, um, and this isn't anything against the movie, it's probably more just like a case of, you know, budget, time, let's get it out. Um, it's actually, at the end, it's Bellatrix is fighting Ginny, Hermione, and Luna. Yeah. Like, she's dueling all three of them at once, and she fires off a curse at Ginny, and Mrs. Weasley sees that, and then she steps in, and it's like the, like a bigger fight between the two of them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of those things, like, it would have been a cool moment for those three characters, especially, like, Luna and Ginny, who are kind of there in the background. Like, yeah. they do stuff, but... Yeah, Luna me, didn't get into any of the fight scenes no. at all, and I was kind of, you know, disappointed because Luna's my favorite yeah. other student out of the <clears throat> big, big three at the... Uh, Hogwarts. She's just so much fun. And yeah. I can totally see what the long bottom sees in her. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And that, that was added in the movie, too. Yeah. It's not in the book. Because um, that would have been cool. And then there's... um, They cut out... There was also a duel between... Well, you do get that at least that moment and that line. Yeah. Not which, my daughter, you bitch. Which they had to include, because yeah. that was such a kick-ass moment for Molly Weasley. Mm-hmm. But then there was like more stuff with... um, Who was it? McGonagall, mm-hmm. uh, Kingsley, and someone else were all dueling Voldemort at one point too. Mm-hmm. Which, and holding their own. 
Yeah. I, you gotta give it to Ray Fiennes. Oh, it's, um, he does. It was a uh, Professor Slughorn. He was the third one. Ray Fiennes does an amazing job yeah. as Voldemort. He, I mean, he just captures that, just that air of just evil. Yeah. You know, he really does, and and um, especially when they do the out of body, just the voice in everybody's head. Yeah, yeah. that was a cool moment. As, especially since they were able to layer the audio. Where it wasn't directly an echo, things yeah. would be said before they were said in the echo, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so cool but, sound editing there. And uh, yeah, and you know, you know, like the computer animation they do to get rid of the nose mm-hmm. and everything, but they keep they keep his eyes, and he's got those blue eyes that he just portrays the evil in. Mm-hmm. And he's been, I mean, like he plays great bad guys. I mean, just like Schindler's List, where he plays uh, the one bad German in that, mm-hmm. like. He's just a great bad guy, and he just captures the evil yeah. of Voldemort. It, it, it's a great movie. I mean, there's so many just awesome moments that lead up to everything, just being a solid movie. Especially, like, I think one of my favorite little parts is when McGonagall's bringing the statues to life yeah. in at, to like protect Hogwarts. And it's one of those moments that, in the book, it was just like, oh, cool, she's bringing, yeah. she's bringing all these statues to, like, you know, protect the borders. But in the movie, it was just kind of like one of those, like, it was pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. And then you just have that kind of, like, little moment where she's like, I've always wanted to cast that spell. And he was like, she's a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, when she steps up to um, fight uh, Snake, yeah. too, and she's just badass and she takes rid of those two, the two twins. Yeah. But then that moment where Snake just, like, that flick of the cape and he's off the ground and then yeah. out the window and stuff mm-hmm. like that was awesome like yeah, there are very cool visual effects in this um, and that was actually something you talked about last week when we were actually hanging out and watching mm-hmm. Harry Potter like I'm so glad they changed like them to that smoky flying yeah. thing instead of like in the first one where basically you have Voldemort like just kind of like gliding yeah. away after yeah. like drinking uh-huh. unicorn blood well yeah. you know what's funny is it you can tell just I mean the computer effects have gotten better, right? But the budgets have gotten better, and like I didn't know about the books till the first movie came out. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they probably didn't know how big these were going to be. They're probably like, "Oh, it's a huge kids book. We're going to make a movie out of it." And um, and if you remember back when the first movie came out, the kids were only going to be the same kids for the first couple movies, yeah. and then they were going to get different kids um, for when they got bigger. But I'm glad that they kept yeah. the children throughout the whole movie. Well, they weren't sure, yeah, how they would age, yeah. you know, and how they, you know, how good actors they would be. <laughs> well, they, they did so good by not changing anything. I know. Yeah. You know, there was only the one year where uh, I think it was uh, Ron looked hit his awkward year during the. Well, it was the. Uh, what do you think, like the uh, goblet? I got what the one after that. Uh, Half Blood Prince. No, that, that was Order. Yeah, that's two. Uh, order is the next one. Okay. Yeah. Half Blood Prince, the potions one. Yeah. I think he looked kind of goofy in that one, but that was also because he was acting goofy because of the love potions and all that. Jazz. Yeah. I think we all walked away saying, <laughs> but then uh, honestly, they they all kind of had, well, not I don't want to say they all did, but Neville was the one that was the worst. Like, yeah. Big. Dude had an awkward childhood. Mm-hmm. He also had some, he has some jack teeth, too, yeah. that he had to deal with. But then in this movie, when he steps out of the portrait, 
I'm like, there's the long bottom. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Well, even that Paul moment. sounded really gay when he said that. <laughs> even that moment. Even, even Paul's wife is nodding. Like, yeah. Yes. But even that moment, like when he steps up and he like telling, you know, he's rallying the school to uh-huh. not give in to Voldemort, and then he pulls out that sword. Like, yeah. you're like, dude, that kid's a badass. Different in the book too. Yeah. 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 He's set ablaze by Voldemort, and the hat comes out and protects him, and then he pulls out the sword. I was kind of expecting in the movie that he would just, because I'm like, man, they have to be wrapping up soon. Yeah. I was expecting him just to snap the, stab the snake, stab the snake right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, the, in the, the book, actually, like, everything with Nagini happens, like, prior to everything else, yeah. too. Like, that's before, like, the actual yeah. real battle even started. Or not the real battle, but, like, the final battle, I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah, but in the movie... More climactic, I think, to have everything happen. Yeah. In the movie, you can make an argument that Longbottom is the one that... Uh, Neville is the one that actually defeats Voldemort. True. Because it's his killing of the snake that actually vanquishes him. That's true. Yeah. It's it's kind of more in the movie. Because in the book, it's more... Um, the spell backfires. Yeah. Because, like, the Elmerwand and everything. Mm-hmm. But... In the movie, he just kind of dissipates after this. Yeah. Film, which is kind of, uh, which I would worry about because, you know, you were even saying that we're hoping in the whole books that it was all a red herring, that Harry isn't actually the chosen one, and it could be Neville Longbottom. And that my mom been, said the same thing. That would have been such an awesome, like, payoff for Neville uh-huh. if he had been. John, because do you know about all this? Yeah. The, like the prophecy and everything? Yeah. It would have been so much better, I think, if it had been Neville. Point. Well, okay. Go ahead. Um, this it, is a whole Harry Potter episode. This is a whole Harry Potter episode. This is why we did the movie fix first, because it's all... Yeah, now it's, it's yeah, more into, like, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Potter. We're yeah. right um, into the main topic. Because in the books, it's given that the prophecy could re- represent two people, because it just speaks of a child born at the end of July. And both Harry and Neville were born at the same time. And so there's, like, this kind of balance between the two of them in the books where it's like, whoa, what if it is Neville? And I just think it would have been such a better payoff had it been Neville and Dumbledore only did all this stuff to protect Harry to throw Voldemort off from the real person who was the chosen one. And it just would have been so cool. And I mean, you also have those moments where they talk up, like in the movies, because that's all I'm talking about, I know about, um... Where they have like, oh, he's except, you know, he's excelling at uh, herbology. You know, herbology, you know, he had these moments where he's a really good wizard with this kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I mean, you could see that, and I, I've said that to a couple people who are fans of the books, and they're like, yeah, that would be, you know, that would be cool. because yeah. it does. It. It's and it's, it's kind of one of those things um, too, kind of on par with that, but going back to the movies, something that they cut out from the epilogue is Neville actually becomes the herbology professor at Hogwarts. And I was hoping for something like that. And then um, Kingsley Shacklebolt actually becomes the Minister of Magic. And he's and one of the... Professor McGonagall becomes headmaster. She's headmaster. Or headmistress. Oh, Maybe headmistress. Yeah. And th- those are kind of things... that's one of the things I wanted to know is who yeah. is the, yeah. the head. Like, I wish they had just like made some sort of mention about that. Like, you know, maybe when Harry's, you know... 
packing his kids up. He, he tells them, you know, hey, That's how say, it happens in the book. Yeah, it's like, you know, like, oh, and say hi to Professor Longbottom for me. You know, someone could have been, like, reading a daily prophet that says, like, you know, Minister of Magic and then Kingsley there. Like, because Kingsley yeah. Shacklebolt's a cool character. I just said this to someone the other day. Uh-huh. But even his name... Kingsley Shacklebolt. You know he gets shit done. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's that part during the battle where it's like him and Arthur Weasley up in the one tower. Mm-hmm. And like the Death Eater flies through the window and he just like stops him. Mm-hmm. And then he just like flows backwards. It's like... Hits him right back up. This guy's so sweet. And then even at the end when um, like Harry, you know, makes his great unveiling. Hey, I'm not dead yet. And, like, everyone's, like, running back into Hogwarts. And you've got Kingsley there kind of covering everyone, like, putting up the shield. Like, yeah. He's such a cool character. He's, he's right up there with Lupin with like as yeah. one of those characters that they don't do too much with. And I really wish they had. Um, what does... Do, do they say what Harry does? Does he work for the Minister of Magic? Yeah. Hmm. But they don't say it in the movie. He's an Auror hmm. with Ron. Oh. Him and Ron are partners uh, as Aurors. Okay. Um. Kissing down the last dark wizards. Oh, they should be. And yeah. I, I think they did a great job aging him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing is, like, Jenny oh, looked good. Jenny looked really good. She did look good, but, like, okay, she had to have that big, blown-out hair. Yeah. Like, but, oh, well, that's how you show age. Hey, I, I believe she's, like, in her 40s now, you know? Um, like, honestly, like, I think out of all the aging, Malfoy is probably, like, the best one. Yeah. Like, because you see him, you're like, he's such a schlub now. Like, <laughs> yeah. look at that guy. Yeah. But, and Hermione still looks the same, but, you know... Uh-huh. She should. She's hot. She's hot. But, you know, I think they did such a good job with Harry and Ron. Like, because you, you see them and they're like... Yeah, you know, they're, they're definitely a little bit older. Like, the years have been they're kind older. of kind to them. And you know, they both have that little bit of a pot belly, which mm-hmm. means, like, all right, they... All right, they didn't find uh, they didn't find the wizard they were looking for, but they found the pub. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they do live in England. Yeah. yeah. You know, they they have that... They still look like they could kick your ass, but they look like they've enjoyed yeah. some pies and some uh, yeah. some beers. Um, other thing in the books, um, the other Weasley child, Percy, okay. who's kind of more present in the first couple movies, as kind of a, as a house he's, prefect. Yeah, he's house prefect. They kind of like phase him out. Prefect, yeah. Um, and I, that's one of those little plot lines that I wish they had kind of kept with because he worked at the ministry mm-hmm. with his father, but he sided with the ministry when they started saying like, oh no, you know who's not back, don't worry about it. Right. And it caused this big rift in the Weasleys. Yeah. And that's something I kind of wish they had brought back in, but it was cool because he does appear in the final movie. He doesn't really do anything. You just see him there standing with the rest of the family when yeah. um, Fred's dead. Um, yeah, you see him, he's wearing the suit, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't think it's the same actor. No, it, it is. Is it? Yeah. Because he doesn't look anything like, uh... No, well, yeah, it's, it's much more curled out, bro. It, it's, <laughs> it's been eight years since you've seen him in a movie. That's so. true. Excuse no, me, I'm head boy. It's definitely him. But, um, and that was kind of one of those things that yeah. I really liked in the books because you had... And you finally get to meet Charlie in these movies. Which also. I'm really happy they brought him in. Yeah. Because he was, like, one of those characters, like, well... They never really mention him aside for the fact that, like, oh, he works with dragons in Romania. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, one of those things leading up to this movie, mm-hmm. or even, like, the first part, I should say, where it's, like, well, how are they going to bring or do everything with, like, the seven Harrys? Because Charlie's there with Fleur, uh-huh. 
and we haven't even really seen Charlie yet. Yeah. But also, just it, oh, they walk into the door. Okay, they're here. Yeah. So. And that's what's nice about the books uh, that everything that's mentioned, you get to see more of it, and later on, yeah. and even within the books, like when you were. Go ahead, Kathy. No, 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 uh, keep going. When you were talking about reading the uh, Chamber of Secrets for the first time, where you forgot they actually mentioned that Phoenix Tears had immense human powers, yeah. but when you went back to read it a second time, you're like, oh, that was like on page 50. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then it pays, has a later payoff. And that's what's so great about the series is it's got those little mentions and then a bigger payoff later. And... Sorry, go ahead, John. No, you can go. Um, and that's very much what Deathly Hollows both book and movies are, mm-hmm. is because everything that's mentioned comes back in this final book. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. mostly in the movies. Like, there's so much stuff that is just kind of, like, put out there at one point, and you're like, holy crap, it's back. Like, this is something that I wish I had done in the first movie. But um, the guy who, I don't want to say he's the conductor, but he works on the night bus, Stan Shunpike. Uh-huh. Um, he's actually... The one that you meet in, uh, order, or, uh, yeah. It was, a uh, prisoner. prisoner. Yeah, prisoner, he's, he's there when Harry gets on the night bus. You don't know who Sirius Black is? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. He, he's actually one of the Death Eaters that's attacking them at the beginning of Deathly Hollows. Oh. But they, they don't mention him. And it's kind of one of those things, like, nobody believes it's really him. He has to be under the Imperius curse. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of one of those things, like... It's this character that appears for, you know, 20 pages in the book, comes back when shit's going down at the beginning, you know? And I was kind of hoping that they were going to yeah. show him again. And, th- I mean, that's that's one of the things great about uh, J.K. Rawlings, that, you know, she does bring all these characters back together, and... Um, like every time you guys are talking, I just kind of was motioning like, oh, I have something to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, and I wasn't like, it's not... You guys keep talking to you about because my thing is kind of different. Is um, it's the same guy who's written all the screenplays for the movies, which he's worked with J.K. Mm-hmm. Rawlings on. Um, Steve Cloves, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, he, he this guy's got like one of the hardest jobs in the world. Yeah. Because he's adapting these movies, which which. Is great is in answering work. Chris's emails. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you took out the bus guy. Yeah. <laughs> On this page, they did this, but in the movie. Um, but you know, he's and he's worked with. He's he, you know, he's always said if you watch the the extra stuff and the things that he works with J.K. Yeah. and he's also what like the third movie I think it was like. He was kind of let in on what the plan down the road uh-huh. was going to be. Yeah. So he's the guy who's also known like some of the big secrets that were coming. Well, how else I, could he do it? I might have said this when we did the last one, or it could have been something I said after on the side. Um, they actually weren't going to put Dobby into the second movie, but J.K. came out and was like, "No, he needs to be there because." something else is going to be happening where you're going to need to have him there. Mm-hmm. Which all goes back to Deathly Hollows. And that book hadn't even come out yet. Yeah, yeah. I think by the time Chamber... Or I'm sorry. Yeah, Chamber of Secrets yes. came out. I think we were only up to Goblet of Fire in the actual publishing. I know. I'm not sure. I don't remember the exact I timeline. do believe two... Since like the, when the movie started coming out, you had it was either two or three books were still to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that Order of the Phoenix came out before... Deathly Hollows, because yeah. I think that was the last movie I saw before I picked up the book Deathly Hollows, and had no idea 
what happened in between because I did not read uh, yeah. either uh, yeah. the, the Half-Blood Prince. But I do believe since I knew about Harry Potter, which was the first movie, um, I think I've had to go to like three midnight sellings of the book. So that's the only reason <laughs> I know. That, like, <laughs> Alright, i got to go to another one. I went to the midnight selling at the State Hollows and that's the only midnight selling I've been to. Really? Yeah. I've, I've been to every movie at midnight and then Almost like I only started reading the books when the third one was out. Like I picked that up after it had already come out. But from um, Goblet on, mm-hmm. I was there at the midnights for all of the book releases as well as the movies. Because I do remember uh, going to the first movie with Chris, and uh, he went with some other friends, and we had some jokes through. I really liked the movie, and I knew a little bit about the series. And I remember right in the beginning when Dumbledore came in, and I was like, oh, is that, is that whose name we do not speak? And Chris, <laughs> Chris punching me, like, four times in the arm really that, hard. That happened. I, I forgot all about that until you started to mention <laughs> And I was like, ooh, I'm not saying another thing through this movie. And the other two friends we were with are, like, they're making jokes all, all the way through the whole thing. And after the movie came out, Chris didn't talk to I, any of us for like two weeks. Th- there this was, was the first movie. The this first was the movie. first movie. So wait, the first time you see Dumbledore when he steps out of the shadows when he's dropping off Harry at the doorstep at the Dudley's? All you see is a wizard come out and he starts sucking in his lights and you're like, like whoa. So, so this guy. Basically, <laughs> Warner Brothers had just faded away. <laughs> And you're getting punched. I was, I was trying. I was trying Chris, to. I was trying to connect on. with my friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And this guy. I'm sorry. This guy. What? I shit. It's, <laughs> it's been ten years, and I will apologize. You didn't even for read that, that book. Now. You know what? I have to say, you do not have to apologize because it's an awesome series. I actually, I left that movie wanting to talk to you about it, and you were so pissed at all I of was, us. I was heated. And then I was like, I kept trying to be like, I really liked it. And like, I had to drive everyone home. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris was just like, I'm sorry. But, but I mean, I really... read that book yet. No, I had. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because the book started coming out like 98, I think. 96 or 97. Yeah. So I had already read like the first couple at that point. Cause by, by 98, there was a Russian guy that was suing J.K. Rowling saying it was all his idea and the book in Russia came out before. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, another person was trying to sue her about, like, muggles and some other... Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. But people are ridiculous. They are. Um, I think it was, like, house elves. House, house <laughs> elves and muggles were something that she came up with. And she didn't even have, like, a book that was even published. It was, like, a pamphlet. Oh. It was weird. Yeah, to pass around but, this yeah, story. But, yeah, but... But Chris... Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, like, Chris is I always... Forgot, I forgot all about that. <laughs> I, I have never forgotten that because Chris and I, we've been friends for like 15 years. Yeah. And it was the first time I've ever seen him really, really mad. And the first time he's ever hit me. <laughs> and I've always felt bad about that. I'm sorry. I, and I was trying to connect with my No, friends. I'm sorry. Like, you know we don't talk during movies. Oh, we don't. And I was just trying to be like, hey, I know something about this friend. And you were wrong. <laughs> I know. You should be like, getting hit. You should be like... No, he's like an awesome, he's like a good guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> the movie will tell you that in a couple seconds, so he didn't need to say anything. But yeah. Right. There was times during this movie I was afraid, like, oh man, if they don't explain this, I'm going to have to whisper it. Oh, they're already explaining it. Okay, good. It was 
a great movie. I think it's a fantastic way to end the series. And J.K. Rowling's actually said that Deathly Hallows is her favorite of the books. So I think the fact that the movie is doing so well and is as good as it is, too, is just like kind of like a hey, thank you for everything she did. Yeah, and I mean, the, I mean, the thing is, is the, this series is it's huge. Wow. I mean, midnight sellings of books, midnight sellings of movies, all the. All the merchandising, everything. I mean, like, you can... Theme park. Yeah, a theme, theme park. I mean, the only other thing you can kind of say, well, this is just as big as Star Wars. I mean, it, it I, is. I, I have to say it is. And plus, all the movies have been good. Yeah. I think that's but, really where Harry Potter has its leg up on, like, Star Wars. And even, I'd say, Lord of the Rings, probably. Well, yeah. All three were good. All three are good. But but it's not you eight, have it's not eight, eight movies. movies. That all like not only not only are they good, they make you a fan of the series. I've never read yeah. the books, and I've I have there was a lot of people two. that didn't read the Lord of the Rings. Books. Yes, I know. I, I, I friends of the movies. Sorry, right. so you have one or two. Huh? 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 Uh, you were saying I, I have I, one I, or two, and I'm like, but not everybody read the Lord of the Rings books, so that's trying to. Be I don't know. I've totally lost my friends. Oh, sorry. sorry, it's all right. I shouldn't do that to you. It's okay. Okay, especially not to me. <laughs> uh, now there's no coming back. It's okay. I can. I'll let you ponder that. Um, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I love the books. I love the movies. I still haven't read. Silmarillion, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. I can't fucking do it. The only person that can is my aunt. It's horrible. Like my mom read it like years ago, and she said like even she had to struggle oh, through it. It is tough. That so is I, I, I own it. I've I made, own it too. I've made attempts, but I've honestly, made three attempts. I've, I've never had to sit down and try to read a Harry Potter book. Like when they came out with the Tales of the uh, Beetle the Bard uh-huh. little spinoff book, they actually had the story mm-hmm. of the Deathly Hallows in it and a bunch of other like wizard folklore tales. I, I was there day one it came out. I bought it. Um, also, in 2008, J.K. Rowling put out a Harry Potter, almost like prequel book. But it was done for charity, so you really can't find it, but you can read it online. Oh, right. um, and it was actually... Because those were all like handwritten yeah. and like, well, handcrafted, handbound books yeah. that came out for charity. Um, they were auctioned. Yeah, I remember that. And like the prequel actually takes place three years before Harry's born. And it's um, a story about James and Sirius are riding around on Sirius's motorcycle, and a couple of Muggle cops see them, and they're not wearing helmets, so they go to pull them over. And then James and Sirius get attacked by Death Eaters, and it's like it's up to them to kind of like fight off the Death Eaters while protecting the the cops that are trying to pull them over. And it was just like a like couple page thing, mm-hmm. but it was still really cool, and it's like. Yeah. I got so excited when, like, I found out that existed. Like, I, I had to read it. That sounds. I didn't even know that existed. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, man. Forgeticus must have been a cast. <laughs> Forgeticus. <laughs> uh, my first experience with uh, with uh, Harry Potter is my little sister, who's nine, ten years younger than I am, uh, nine and a half. Because I was born in May, she was born in December. Nine and a half years younger. <laughs> Well, it's a different thing to say about nine. He's <laughs> like, she's born in this month. I was born in this he month. Was giving, did you see the look he was giving I, I me? Really like, he was like giving me this look like, I don't know how old my sister is. So, <laughs> no, no, so <laughs> disappointing. No, that wasn't, like, that wasn't you the don't look. Know. It was the look of, oh, like uh, the girl I'm dating is two years older than Paul's younger sister. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that, that was the look. 
How could I describe that look? <laughs> I thought it was a look of disappointment and how I don't know what they gave to my sister. No, it's like, no, it's it like was, a Rod and it was Ginny a, thing. a little bit of shame on my part. <laughs> okay. I thought it was disappointment. It was actually shame. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she really enjoyed the books and watched some movies. And I would, you know, come home from school and she'd be watching the DVD. Uh, and I only caught the first, you know, parts of the first and second movie. The third movie I started catching on uh, ABC Family. Yeah. The fourth movie, Order of the Phoenix, is the first one that I actually went to see in theaters. And then after watching that, I'm like, I should get into this book series. This is a lot of fun. What book is coming out next? Oh, the last one? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I'm doing that then. Which I'm still shocked that you jumped in at the last book without having read any of the other ones or seen the movies that would... Actually, like lead up to it, like yeah, you had... But it, that's what a lot of people did. Like even my dad. My dad was a fan. He liked all the movies. Mm-hmm. The last book he picked up and read. I watched the fourth one easy. and then had to go back and watch the third one, mm-hmm. uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. After watching the fourth one, because I'm like, I'm not sure if I've seen all of it. Yeah. And I, then I watched, you know, watched the first one and the second one and realized I hadn't watched all of that either. <laughs> Those things are freaking long. They are. I watched bits and pieces and I thought I watched all of it in bits and pieces. No, there was a whole bunch. I well, missed. that's like Chris and I, um, the week before, Chris is like, I gotta watch all the movies. I'm like, alright, I'm, I'm down. I've had to go to bed before all of them finish. Like I was like, I have to be up at five. It's one yeah. thirty now. I gotta go to bed. I felt like such an old man because any other time I'd be like, no, I'm fucking finishing it. It's yeah. Harry Potter. One of one thirty in the morning. I don't think you need to feel like an old man. Yeah, ten p.m. Especially when you're man. true. It's getting up at five. Uh, oh, these, like these books are so huge. Yeah, and I think like this is probably the closest, or like maybe even better. Like, our generation's Star Wars, I'd say. Well, our parents, mm-hmm. at least I know my parents, they were in college when the first Harry Potter, when the, not the first Harry Potter, first Star Wars movie came out. Like, that generation. Like, they were freshman year of college. And for me, I know, freshman year of college, first Harry Potter movie yeah. was coming out. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, just like how like far-reaching this is. I mean, you can talk about the books and movies all you want, but... What I kind of want to talk about now is more like the other aspects of the fandom. Mm-hmm. I mean... The bands. So you have like the wizard rock bands, which I, I will say... A lot of them are. Some of them aren't good. that really good, but I will say the Ministry of Magic is fantastic. Ministry of Magic. I know you love House Song. They're, I just can't get into it. They're, they're so good. I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, I... Have you tried to watch the documentary, We Are Wizards? We Are Wizards. No. It's, it's on Netflix. Netflix. Watch. All right. It's not a very good... Do- no, they're honestly, not very good bands. <laughs> you, you have to think, I mean, these are kids that have some minor musical ability that love Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Their love of Harry Potter greatly outweighs their musical ability. Yes. It is much more love than ability. I mean, and there are there are some bands that are actually like pretty good. Um, there's Oliver Boyd and the Rememberalls okay. that are pretty, like actually really good. Um, like I said, Ministry of Magic is probably my favorite. Um, they all have like really kind of like once you hear one name, you can probably make up a band yeah. and be like, oh no, there's a band that yeah. goes by that. I mean, you have Harry and the Potters. Draco and the Malfoys are actually really fun. Um, they're definitely a step up from Harry and the Potters. Uh, there's uh, Tonks and the Aurors. 
Uh, Harry think. and the Potters are the group that they follow in. Yeah. That we are wizards. Um, I can't even, like, the Whopping Willows, mm-hmm. like, Luna and the Love Goods, like, <laughs> you, you can see, like, everyone kind of follows the same, same format. Yeah. Um, but it's just people that care about something so much that they want to do everything they can to support it. And you don't get that from anything else. You don't... Uh, video games... You have mini boss. You have a lot of different, you know, okay. bands doing. But it's not one. Game music. It's, it's not. not one it's not video. one game. It's they, just gaming in general. They they have come out with a Mega Man opera. Just saying, <laughs> a Mega Man opera. There's a Mega Man opera. Okay. The thing is the thing like it has like some of yeah. the most continuations of it. Yeah, which is basically just the same game. Yeah, over just and over different again. bosses and different weapons. Yeah, when you get to Wet Man, you, you know there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's huge. I mean, every different type of fandom, whether it's comic book, sci-fi, horror, has conventions. But there's Harry Potter ones, and they're not, Harry like... Harry Potter conventions? Yeah. Actually, this past weekend was kind of one of the bigger ones. It's called LeakyCon. Um, it's put on by the people who um, do the uh, Leaky Cauldron website. And it's all, like, fandom, like, volunteered. And if you want to get a ticket for it, it's, like, $60 a day. Wow. Like, weekend passes are... Like two hundred, but the money goes to charity. Okay. It goes towards like children's book charities, huh. which is cool, you know. And oh, yeah, well, people, who wouldn't mind paying that money if it's going for that? Exactly. And people like from the movies Definitely. actually do like make appearances there. Like they will just show up and like walk around because they're not on panels or anything. It's not like a regular comic book kind of convention that we're yeah. used to going to, where they're going to sit at a table and charge you know fifty dollars for an autograph. They're there to walk around and just meet people. And enjoy what they're a part of. Which is awesome. Like, there's no... I can't think of a Star Wars or Star Trek band. The closest you're going to have is, like, you know, MC Chris who might rap about Star Wars. Well, the Cantina band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. Oh! They were in the movie. <laughs> but it's, it's just insane, like, the depths of this. I can't... I don't... Could be because I'm not a Twilight fan, but I can't think of a Twilight themed band. No. No. But I'll I'll get back on to uh, the bands. All the groups sing songs from that character's viewpoint. So you have uh, Harry and the Potters. It's actually what if Harry from I think year one and Harry from year four teamed up and made a band. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's all songs from the different Harry's viewpoints. But then um, you have Drake and the Malfoys, which we just took a beer break. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played the song Potions yesterday, which is, you know, it's a song Draco's singing to Harry about how he messed up, uh, messed up in Potions yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's really great. But then you have um, Taunts and the Oars, who has a song, I'm in love with a werewolf. <laughs> What other songs can they have other than that it, one? It's a bunch of different stuff. I honestly really didn't listen to them too much because uh-huh. the quality of the recording I got wasn't too great. But is it an all-girl group? No, it's um, it's a girl singing. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's any other girls in the band, but it's kind of like a indie rock, like lesser Weezer kind of sound. I would think more Grateful Dead. No, it's not. Oh, really? No. No. Because I don't appreciate that joke, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thomas Lucan lives on. Teddy? 
Teddy, not Thomas, you're right. Yeah, but they never even really mentioned him. No, not in the movie. Until they just say, like, oh yeah, who's gonna let you know? I don't know what happened. Oh yeah. Oh, they have a son? Yeah, I guess. You're supposed to see at the end of King's Cross, too, but he's not there. He's not there. I was too busy crying to really realize what was happening when they were talking to the sad. Dude! Oh, man. If I could keep from tearing up, it would have been such a better movie. I got misty eyed in a couple points. I won't. I won't play it too cool. I think we already know I'm a huge nerd. Uh, I, I already said like how many times I counted at least three teardrops that dropped onto my shirt. Like actually rolled and dropped. I, I didn't have that. I didn't have I that, but I definitely got like super misty eyed. Yeah, I wasn't sniffling like, but teardrop drop. There's only two points for me. Really? Yeah, there's two spots. The when. The, the family was around mm-hmm. Harry. Um, yeah. And, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm blanking on the other part. When they... Come on, when they're over Freddy, and everybody's just crying, and Freddy's dead. Not Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. <laughs> Freddy's dead is a different movie. <laughs> drop dead Fred. No, you know, Fred and George. Fred. When they're all over yeah. Fred, the Weasleys are there, that was the moment... And there was one over there moment that I'm not remembering right now. Honestly, for me, when everyone was uh, putting up the protective spells around oh, yeah. Hogwarts, and then um, right when they started going towards the boathouse, I knew what was happening with Snape. And he's my favorite character, so I was oh, like... Oh, it was during the Snape part. When he yeah, was which is... Oh, the flashback was Snape. The flashback yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, one? Yeah. Wow. Well, come on. Yeah, it is, it is heartwarming. It is crushing, because you're like, oh, he's such a good guy. Snape's a great guy. That's why he's my favorite character. Everything he did. Everything. But he's such an asshole about it. He had to be. He had to be. Yeah, but in those moments when it's just him and Harry alone and he's just still so angry about his dad and giving Harry such a hard time being such an asshole. Like, those are the moments like, man, they could have me. Like, I would totally be in your camp. Except for those moments when he's training them to block out, you know, yeah, uh, doing the mental stuff. The legomancy. Like, mm-hmm. And him just being an ass. Yeah. But I, you, it, it, it ties, I it ties it. into all yeah. those moments. Like mm-hmm. when you, oh, you're a rude little boy just like your father. Like mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's because, well, he loves Lily. He loves Lily so much and he does... He does have feelings for Harry, but when he sees those moments when he's like the man who stole Lily yeah. away from him, yeah. like, yeah, he's got, you know, he has those. But you, Anger you, issues. You do have that this guy overwhelmingly does love Harry. And you, you see that, like, even the first movie, when he's when Harry's flying and he's trying to correct it while the, mm-hmm. uh, the wizard behind him is, like, trying to screw him up. Like, he, he does have all those moments where he does protect, protect Harry. And he's not protecting Harry the same way that Dumbledore is. Yeah. He's more into the, in the trenches. That moment when he's dying and he says, look at me, you have your mother's eyes. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And, and like, take him. Take him to us. Take him. Uh, the, the one thing that this movie does want me to do is go and watch more movies with um, Alan Rickman. Alan is fucking awesome. Uh, 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 Dogma tonight? Okay. Yeah. Somebody give him a spoon. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do, I love Alan Rickman in Dogma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
do we want to talk about casting now, or do you want to go into your... No, we're going to cast Yeah, let's go right? into casting. We're talking about Rickman. Rickman, yeah, definitely. The only thing about this movie that I thought was poor with Rickman was putting on some weight. Like, his <laughs> face looks fat in this movie, and they keep zooming in on it. <laughs> But yeah, he's I mean, eating because he's stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he put that weight on because he's he's running Hogwarts, <laughs> and he can't run it the way he wants it because he has to run it the way that Death Eaters want it. All right, Come okay, on, John. this totally makes sense. Where did I miss this? <laughs> it's he's in the that, book. He is such a method actor. He put that weight on because he knew his character was running Hogwarts. We could watch Love Actually, and you can see it thinner. Yeah, Alan I mean, Rickman. but but Alan Rickman, like, yeah, I mean, first movie. Always plays an ass. You have Alan Rickman. Fantastic actor. Um, Th- uh, those are honestly like some of my favorite parts of any of the earlier mo- like movies. Is as soon as they're in potions class, it's like I'm finally gonna get some more Snape goodness because every scene he he's in, he just runs it. Do not pay attention. Yeah, I mean he's he's a fantastic, uh, fantastic actor. I have to say, um. Another potions professor. I really like Jim Broadbent as uh, Professor Slughorn. Like, mm-hmm. especially in, you know, Deathly Hallows 2, where he does have those kind of moments where you see him there. You see him there. He has, like, maybe three lines. He has maybe, like, three lines, but it's it's so him. Just, like, when he's kind of tending to the moon, he's like, Harry. It's like, he's just, like, there. He's, like, saying hi. And then after the battle, when he's, like, He's sitting there talking to students, just like telling stories, like, I was looking for my wand, and it was stuck in my robes. Yeah. <laughs> like, of, of course he's sitting there, like, after this big battle, and he's just like, he's in it talking about stuff, because that's who Slughorn is. Yeah. And, uh, he's all professor, about selecting stories. Professor McGonagall, Maggie yeah. Smith, I mean, Maggie she's, she's awesome. a great English actress. But yeah, I mean, she's perfect for that. And part. she was actually, like, struggling with cancer as they were filming this, mm. too. Like... And then, then you wouldn't s- tear up for no, a and then, time and then, now you think movie. about the movie, and yeah. it's like wow, you can't even tell though. And yeah, she's just like classic actress. My like favorite moment of McGonagall's when she's talking to Loris on bridge, and they're walking up the steps, mm-hmm. and she gets a step up saying, you know, yeah. just your I'm not questioning your methods in the classroom, just your medieval, you know, torture methods, you know, of this, and then. She takes two steps down after being questioned about loyalty. Yeah. Um, and honestly, Maggie Smith is the entire reason why, if I went to Hogwarts, I think McGonagall would probably be my favorite teacher next mm-hmm. to Professor Lupin. Yeah. She yeah. just, she she just, just trans... Yeah, transfiguration. And, I mean, and she's still at the, the teacher that runs Gryffindor. Yeah, she's the head of Gryffindor House. You know, and, uh, yeah, but she's, I mean, she's just a fantastic actress. Um, the other thing is, is we would be going to... To Hogwarts, if uh, during her reign, right? Yeah, yeah, ninety-eight. Yeah. What? No, no. No, we would have. We would have seen it. We would have been. She's she's been there forever. So. Yeah, but ninety-eight was the year. Uh, Nineteen ninety-eight. We talked about this before right. the show. Um, Nineteen ninety-eight is actually when the uh, Battle of Hogwarts takes place. So you start going to Hogwarts when you're eleven. Harry was born. I forget what year it was in nineteen. I think you 81. said you said eighty one. So yeah. we're like so we Chris could, and I are the So we would have been like fifth or sixth years at that point. So we would have been in Hogwarts if we had gone to that school. And um, I'm one year younger than you. Yeah. So I would have been, well, we we've all been graduated like, the same year, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. We've been in fourth or fifth year. Yeah. 
Um, but like just to talk about that, like that those first the first movies. I mean, you got Richard Harris playing yes. Dumbledore, which Richard King Harris Arthur. is a fantastic actor. But it's something that I mean, Chris and I yeah. agree. I don't know where you stand on it, but um, what is it, Michael uh, Gambry? Michael Gambon. Gambon nails it as Dumbledore. Much better as Dumbledore. As soon as he came in, well, he doesn't deliver the line so like. Labored. Yeah. yeah, and he's like uh, Richard Harris has had the whole thing where he's exhaling the yeah. whole time he's delivering lines. I, mm-hmm. He I seems would, like a much older person. Yeah, I and, would not believe him, like going around, you know, trying to destroy Horcruxes. Like I don't see him battling Dumbledore. But Michael Gambon is a much older person. He is, but you know what, Michael Gambon, like when you see him up there. It makes sense, but having watched like those first two movies recently, I can't see him doing any of that other stuff no. that Dumbledore and, would have had yeah. to have done. And I think it's also because when those movies were being, when the mo- first movie was made, <clears throat> they didn't know what Dumbledore was going to be doing. Because yeah. look at even how the new, you know Michael Gammon, yeah. his Dumbledore is dressed. The first one, he's got that big over oversized coat. He's got that big wizard's cap going on. They get rid of the wizard cap after the But I mean year. he looks yeah. like he looks like how you would think um what's the wizard from uh, uh King Arthur? Merlin. Merlin. He he looks like how you think Merlin would be. And then once you get to Michael Gammon, who you kinda know where mm-hmm. Dumbledore is gonna be going. This guy has to do shit. He looks like he's gonna be able to have a big fight. He's going to be able to cast spells. He's going to put his hands together as a phoenix walks by to, to zap out of the building. You know, he looks like he's going to be able to fuck some shit up. Yeah. When the joke is made, like how old is uh, Dumbledore now, and Ron says 108, that joke works better when you're thinking about, you know, Richard Harris yeah. than you are thinking about Michael Gamblin. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, so I've always been consumed, uh, confused about where he's supposed to be in his life, you know. And it's up until the last movie when you realize he's at the end of his life, just because he, you know, tried to destroy a Horcrux in the wrong way, and it's poisoning himself and killing him. So great. Yeah. You don't know how many years he has left. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the casting is... The cast, I mean, uh, John Hurt is Oleander, or... Ollivander. Ollivander. Yeah. And, I mean, like, like Paul was saying, like, his moment where he's... Oh. They're giving him in the mo- in the last movie where he's giving him the wands, and it's almost like... Like, I smoke cigars. Yeah. And if, if somebody exactly. gives you a cigar, you take it, you, you roll it to your ear, you can hear the crinkle to know if it's uh, a good cigar or if it's dry... Kind of these moments where you test it, and he does it, and he just does it with such, like, oh yes, hmm, and yes. he's a, uh, a unicorn hair. Like, how would you know that? Like, he yeah. looks down the center. Yeah, that, that's that's his life. You yeah, know? I mean, he buys and sells, and and I especially like that moment where he has Bellatrix's wand, mm-hmm. and he just has that moment where he's like testing like the strength of it, and he's like un- unyielding. He's like. He's just like has this like this is Bellatrix is a strange one. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody else would use his wand. That's what I love. The whole wand lore. The idea of the wands choosing the wizard to use and them getting into like in the later in the later books, the uh 
Harry's wand and also uh, Voldemort's wand being brothers because they formed this from Phoenix. Yeah, they're from the Fox. Fox, which is Dumbledore's Phoenix. The cores are from that, and you know the different cores and also the different elements. It's this deeper lore that they don't get into in the movies at all, that they kind of sort of talk about in a book, and then you really get the understanding from reading interviews with. Uh, J.K. Rowling's talking about how she actually came up with the choosing of the different wands for each one and it being based off of old Celtic lore and it all this different lore kind of goes back to something that came before. You can see the ring, you know, the Horcruxes being akin to the one ring, you know, where they need to be destroyed and they have this evil presence and they almost speak in this black tongued language which is, you know, in Harry Potter's world, it's snake tongue, um, Hazelmouth. Um, even the scene where, you know, the, when they were wearing it in part one, it actually weighed on them and actually dug into their skin, you know, wearing that ring. Stuff like that. To, like, and to the point, too, where it like, starts affecting their actions, yeah. especially more with Ron. Mm-hmm. Their attitude yeah. and their emotions. And it all come, kind of being the same way, where it's Arthurian legend, where she talks about Ron being like Lancelot, uh, Hermione being Guinevere, and, you know, Perry being King Arthur, up to the point where there's a chance that Harry can die, but not really be dead. You know, just much like in the King Arthur legends, where King Arthur goes away to the land of uh, Avalon, the Undying Realms. You know, so it all kind of plays into this greater British mythology that I really enjoy, and I really, really love the Wand Lore. Yeah, it is just really cool, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I was born under this month, so mm-hmm. it's this wood. And, yeah, and I would all be willing. Yeah, because I've looked it up. <laughs> um, I I took a what would your wand be test the, the <laughs> night after <laughs> I saw Deathly Hallows. So it was like 3.30 in the morning. Uh-huh. I was sitting there online. Like, Did you tell quizzes. me your score? Um, yeah. I'm because... trying to remember what it was. I, it's 11 and 3 quarters. Mm. Holly. And I, I believe it was Dragon Heartstring. Mm. Mm. Um, also, my Patronus would be a fox. My, If I was an anti-magist, it, I'd turn into an owl. Because they had like, a billion questions they had to answer. But that's what makes these so great, is there is so much to it. It's not just like a set story. Like You can imagine yourself in that world. It and makes sense. Yeah. Like, you're not just reading it. It's a world that, however unlikely it might seem, you can picture yourself in there for some reason. And just there's that depth where mm-hmm. you can understand where and you fit. And how excited are you for Pottermore? I am very excited for it, despite the fact of not knowing anything that it's going to be yet. Uh, I've, I I keep thinking about it, but when I'm actually on my computer, I never hit that point that, oh yeah, I, sh- I need to send my email in. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to do that, because it does. Like I, I'm part, like, I haven't read the books, but I do feel so much a part of this world that I want to see what this is about. And I do just plan on sitting down and, and mm-hmm. reading those books. I haven't built my wand yet, but I've, your you know, wand's been sitting around. Yeah, what, it's from sitting the, there for a while. The last, yeah, but I haven't had a workbench to. 
Oh, you got the word <laughs> Well, you made you made your lightsaber. You didn't have a word bench. You know why? Because a lightsaber doesn't make a mess. <laughs> Woodwork makes a mess. And now I I have a place that I can actually do that kind of whittling and really figuring out the design of the wand. <laughs> I'm going to have it done within the next four months. Write it down. Yeah, I'm writing. Market. I'm looking at it. Market, Market, Market dude. Market. I just watched that last night. <laughs> When's Paramore coming live? Uh, it's um two months from now. October, yeah. October, three months from now. I want it done before Paramore. I just really want to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I, I feel like now it's I have to go there. Like I want to walk through Hogsmeade. I want to stand in Ollivander's wand shop. That's all I want to do. It's all like I want to. I want to see all that, and I'm okay with you know standing in line for butterbeer for like an hour and a half because I I don't care about anything else at that park. Now we have a big plan for our thirtieth birthdays going to Japan. Should we maybe put that aside and? 30th birthdays go for... It is, it is more uh, realistic, let's okay. be honest. More realistic than Japan? Japan's only $3,000. Um, you can get round-trip airfare, hotel, and like park passes for like 800 Alright, if you would be more willing <laughs> I mean, to do... I, I think I, I would... Like, if I'm going to travel to Japan, there's no other... Like you two and yeah. Ed mm-hmm. would be great. But I think... Let's let's plan for this. Like, I, I need to go there. All right, and let's plan for it. Your thirtieth birthday. Wait, who's first? First, yours. John's Mine's first. John's is first. Then Here. me. Then you. But you know what? Chris's would be more fun to go down there during October. Yeah. Oh god, it would be cool. Uh, so, your birthday. Your My thirtieth birthday? birthday. Okay. That's that's the plan. Is that what we're doing now? Is it, I think okay. that's what we should do. Do we need to do like a hand huddle yeah, thing? Hand huddle. Like, uh, no, I feel like if I do this, we're going to effort We're going down to know. Wizarding World of Harry Potter for Chris's 30th birthday. I might try to go there before, yeah. but I don't know. I really want to go. Oh, don't be a dick. Can we, can we just get our hands off of each other? Is I know. Really... Everybody's hands on mine. You're going to have to do that $60. Hey, that's $60. You're going to yeah. need it. I like touching you guys, but can we can, yeah, can we do ready. a low Bundy? No. Wouldn't it be something like Semper Sanctus or something? Or... Uh... What's or now, now we're just bouncing our hands as we all I'm have them in the center of the table. I'm just taking my hand off. Paul's uh, hand is really sweaty. <laughs> it's warm in here. Your hand it's is a lot that- cooler than it was before. It's Don't pretty- say anything about my hand. You're touching the top. <laughs> and if it was clammy, it was because of your hand. Yeah. But that's the plan. That's the plan that now. You heard it here first, listeners. What's the plan for next week? What is the plan? I don't know. I don't know either. You'll have to check that out when listening to episode 91. But until then, check out our website. We relaunched. Uh, Bagnaboard.com. Friend us over at Facebook. Bagnaboard. Or like us on Facebook and then follow us on Twitter at Bagnaboard. Uh, check out our friends. Redphonezone.com. Uh, anything else? Email us. Contact at bagnaboardcast.com. That's it. Sounds good. That's everything we got. Until that, next week, uh, I guess fly high because you're in Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs>